definitely sing in this episode. We're singing? Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. It's gonna, there's gonna be a portion of it. But I, I know I can see it in my mind right now that it's gonna lead to a song. <laughs> I wanted to sing it last episode. You know, you'll, you'll have the opportunity when today. we're with people. I wanted to sing, but I didn't want to freak them out. Yeah, I probably would have. Well, maybe not so much if you sang, but if I sang it. Oh, you'd have just been like, what the heck? They, no, no, good thing there's not windows. Well, there is one window in this room. Probably would have shattered me, me singing. <laughs> I think there was one time when Swapno was on a couple weeks ago, I was like wanting to burst out in song, and I didn't. I, I controlled myself. <laughs> And even with Isaac, I was gonna burst out in song and didn't. So didn't didn't find the right moment. I just wasn't there. I wasn't there. So, holy crap, man! Episode twenty. Episode twenty. I this we've doubled what we said we would get to. So everything else is gravy. Your stubbornness. Yeah, everything else is gravy now. <laughs> yeah. So if these episodes suck, we sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> yeah. But it's still it's still fun, right? You said, you said as long, as long as it's still fun, well, we'll keep doing it. And then it is fun. Yeah. And I said, as long as it's still fun and I sense that it's helpful for people, I would, <laughs> I would still do it. So and we really don't know that. I part. have a little bit more, yeah. more, caveat. even one person that says, Oh, that was good. That's enough for, yeah, Ruben, yeah, yeah. for Ruben. Yeah. So if, he doesn't get all the hate mail. So he doesn't, he doesn't know. Oh, how many people shoot. Hate it. <laughs> yeah. You, you filter some of that stuff. I have a friend that's, uh, he says for, you need a thousand attaboys for one aw crap. <laughs> so one aw crap. Do. No, no, no. Just people. Oh. Just in general. We all need a thousand attaboys with one aw oh, crap. Oh, I thought he was like, uh, like you know, a long time listener, all 20 episodes and was like, that guy, Ruben, he needs a thousand attaboys. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a thousand attaboys. He's like, I, can, oh, I think I, it's just in I've, general. I've never met him, but I I can tell he needs a thousand attaboys. <laughs> no, it's just really just the way that we respond to criticism or whatever. And unfortunately, we haven't, we really haven't gotten any because I think people that want to criticize us haven't written us. So it's well, good. and if they do, like, well, we, I don't know that we've um, given reason for for thing because we, well we haven't the the premise of our podcast is for had to have a conversation not necessarily to land somewhere and to right. say we've figured it out or we've we've got these things but before we but get this episode we, 20 we're gonna figure it out we're gonna land yeah we're gonna, we're gonna maybe we'll land somewhere this this, this episode, will be our hate mail this is the one yeah and then we'll get our most hate mail ever and you'll filter it i actually kind of like there's part of me that like want if we did receive hate mail like we we received some some criticism uh early on yeah. about one of our episodes and you shared that with me and it i i took it differently than i than yeah because I you I were just like criticism. whatever <laughs> well i wasn't like whatever but because it was something that i think that i hadn't it, it was i was open to conversation about it so yeah. i i wasn't offended by uh, another perspective right i guess i think it was maybe our uh maybe it was with uh, the science ramble yeah. or something like that. Well, the that. more open you are to a conversation, the more the less offended you are about dogmatic things. Well, and you diffuse like it diffuses things when because people want to like know that they gotcha. I think sometimes, <laughs> right? <laughs> then you're like, but if you don't have that opportunity, because it's like, oh, that's an interesting thought. <laughs> it kind of diffuses the right the the the. Well, that's a good point. Hate mail stuff. Yeah, it's like in Oklahoma. Like, good oh, God bless you. <laughs> God oh, bless God bless you. you. <laughs> Bless his heart. Bless. That's so bad. Bless his heart. Oh my goodness. Okay. Before we get too far in, listen, I, I, I have a new addition to my sticker cup and it happens to be 
our sponsor. We had our sponsor on. Yes, me too. Um, we're getting ready to drop dude. that episode this Friday, and I, I so I got, dude, you got look you at got this guy. Some, oh, that's sick. Where's that Hans from? or something? I don't know. From Durango, Colorado. Oh, dude, I like I like that. He's got like a frozen beer, but it's got like Christmas trees and mountains. Well, it's the in mountains, his beard. man. It's the mountains. It's not Christmas trees. It's just evergreens. Well, which are Christmas be like trees Hans. for most it says, people. Be like Hans. <laughs> Yeah. So anyways, our thank you to our sponsors, Coffee Slingers, Roasters uh, in Oklahoma City. Yeah. I see your wooden sticker wrapped around there. Dude, That's cool. it, yes. This one, this one's uh, kind of my pride and joy right now. You now you can't wash it. You wash well, it. Well, I never, I never wash it anyways. Like, I, well, <laughs> okay, seasoned, love you back it's up. It's a seasoned I, yeah, Yeti. It's a seasoned, seasoned sticker cup. There's this green stuff growing off the side. Yeah, you just yeah. keep drinking it. No, it, <laughs> I wash it. By hand, I never Internally, put it in the dishwasher. Not, not the outside. Well, I even wash the outside too. Come uh, on, sometimes when there's, no way. I, yeah, I do. I, I scrub the outside. I mean, these stickers are. I I don't go with the the cheapo stickers. I go with the ones that you know have a three year life. I see a rabbit hole say, ramble on there. That's kind of cheapo. <laughs> oh, come on, that one's held up good. You know what one Look didn't that I was really disappointed in. My solo stove sticker. I got oh, yeah, this. That thing I got sucks. the solo stove. Yeah, and I love the, the solo stove. And for for the 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 type of product that it is, oh. it's like this. They got all these claims. They spent and all their money on the stuff. stove, not and the sticker. Like, we'll throw you this piece of garbage sticker that's gonna shrink up and rot off yeah. in three weeks. The GoPro ticked. sticker is the same way. The GoPro. Oh, it's that's sticker, rude. same thing. It just it just yeah, rips off. Like, they don't they don't need the sticker to advertise. Right. They they got they got enough uh, credibility just within their product. Anyways. I thought you were gonna go all philosophical, like you know, with your with your Yeti there with all the stickers is like I'm more concerned about the inside cleanliness than the outside cleanliness. You know, oh, Jesus dude, is like see, telling no, the Pharisees, that's... he's like, you guys are all concerned about the outside, man, but that inside is full of crap. Full of crap. No, dude, it's a. I, I could have gone there. I'm not usually. I'm usually pretty on top of the Jesus jukes, you know. But you didn't do it. But I no, I didn't do it. It didn't even cross we, my we mind. Too concerned so about maybe that maybe my sticker. Jesus jukeness has rubbed <laughs> off on you. <laughs> hey, and I also I brought you a gift. No, yeah, I'm telling what are you, you doing, it's man? it's so good. I love it. It's gonna be real good. So we had a conversation the other day. And you're gonna love these game changers right here. Holy smokes. Yeah. And I saw you checking out your glasses today. No, and they were like, I couldn't get it off. I don't know what my problem is with my glasses. So, okay, so Ruben and I both wear glasses. I don't want to wear glasses. I really don't. Hit 40, my eyes, I went blind. Yeah. Like overnight. Like from one day, seriously, one day to the next, I was like, I cannot see. I cannot read. I cannot, something's wrong. So I went to the uh, eye guy and I'm trying contacts. Contacts are amazing, but mm -hmm. I need those multifocal contacts yeah um but while i'm trying them i need glasses too because yesterday i was really mad because my contacts were crap thank you so we're going to share these we're going to set these around the office and share them sure you can do whatever you want they're, did you get another yours. box for yourself yeah oh dude thanks you're welcome so it says 200 individually wrapped pre-moistened lens wipes oh, yeah. by zeiss 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 i don't know That's the brand they zeiss. got they Come got on. like really zeiss that's, I think Zeiss. I think Zeiss is right. But I uh, Z E I. -S -S. They were the most. They were the best rated ones with the most customer reviews on Amazon. So so I got I'm gonna there. try one right now because yeah, absolutely. It's like so you don't have to do anything but use this wipe. No, and it's magic because it seems like well you you know it's wet and so you're like well then it wouldn't I have to dry it off? No, it just 
the moisture just disappears. I don't know what they do to it, but it's magic. And there's like a little, you can close that lid back up. There's I know, like I realized it after I yanked it open. Ooh, dude. <laughs> it's perfect. I like set it up in commercial. my cabinet underneath my sink and it's just popped so you're not, open. You don't right have there. them at the house? I mean, around the, I mean, out, out while you're out? No, I need to like put some in some different places. I need to, my, I just uh, got them in yesterday. So my, uh, my problem is I'll clean them in the morning and by the time I get to the office, they're smudged. And I'm like, you idiot. Yeah. It, it, What's it, up with it, these greasy hands? Yep. I don't know how people do it though. I've watched people and people face. never clean their glasses. And I'm like, how do you not clean your glasses like constantly? Because drives me nuts. But then there's people that they're just smudged glasses. I'm talking about, I see people that have really nice looking glasses and they never clean, never well, clean them. Part of my problem is I get mine off zenioptical.com and they're not like, you know, oh, thousands see, you of the, dollar glasses. <laughs> you go the cheap ones. Yeah, I go thousands cheap, of dollars. Have you ever seen thousands of dollars in glasses? Uh, yeah, I mean, hundreds you know, that was hundreds, an exaggeration. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, so okay, you okay, called okay. me out. All right, I appreciate I was you. confused because I was like, keep me honest. <laughs> Shady. But some people, <laughs> some people that they the price they pay for glasses at the optometrist. Oh, that's no, a, that's a ripoff. That's sorry, right. and sorry, I'm like, sorry, sorry, sorry. you pay that's a ripoff because I really have I have a friend that's an optometrist and I really love his practice here in town. But holy crap, dude, his uh, the optometrist there, like the actual like buying the glasses there, mm -hmm. no, super expensive. Shady Ray, Shady Ray's has some amazing glasses. I actually um, looked into them because Shady Ray does great sunglasses. Mm -hmm. And then Shady Ray does prescription glasses. All right, let's see how this works. See how it works and see if you. Oh, it's all fuzzy. Like it. I'm scared. Oh, come on. <laughs> that's my eyes. Hopefully, awesome. Thanks, man. That's that's awesome. Yeah, Dang you're it. welcome. Sweet. Two hundred wipes. So good. So now, so but this is at the episode where you sing your song. You know what song I'm talking about? Cue I don't the know. song. I don't know what's going on. I can see clearly. Oh, okay. See, I messed up. See, thanks, man. I didn't even yeah, think about that. Ah, dude. I was like, my mind's was, not there. I'm just like enjoying <laughs> the clear glasses. I was for sure that you would sing that song. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I guess I don't even know my friend. <laughs> I'm out of touch with a, my friends. I had Avril Lavigne on my mind this morning because oh, no. I was just scrolling through Spotify on the way to oh, school with the kids. Skater boy, dude. Skater boy. That yeah, used I mean, to be, skater boy. That used to be my jam. Boy. boy. <laughs> he said, see you later, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is bad. Was okay. it good enough for her? What I like about, what I like, this is the 90s. And what I like about this song is, is like, she was a boy, or sorry, she was a boy. He was a boy, she was a girl. Can I make it any more obvious? And I was like, well, in 2020, you couldn't say that. <laughs> Maybe. <That's> politically yeah. <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. We can't, we so, can't go there. Coffee. Sorry, uh, we didn't finish the whole coffeeslingers.com slash rabbit hole ramble for your coffee needs. Um, what are we drinking? La Provencia. La Provencia. Mm. Yeah. Providencia or Provencia? Two different things. Mm. Providencia? I no, I think it's La Provencia. Provencia. Just a province. Mm. Interesting. I don't think it's Providencia. Because Providence La... or Province. I think it's La Provencia. Okay. We oh, don't. Man, dude. I don't know. We are just. No, but the reason I'm doing this just... is on purpose. Dude. See, this you... is purposeful. <laughs> <laughs> it sets me up for what I was going to ask you, like oh, on this episode. Okay, here we go. Set, I didn't mean that. I just kind of stepped into it accidentally, but. Like you accidentally Provincia in poop. or Providencia. Ah, oh, just a poop on our podcast. Well, speaking of speaking of poop, 
We have a new little puppy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and That's she has not understood that there's places to go and places not to go. Right. Outside. I mean, it's not inside, thank goodness. We yeah. haven't had any accidents inside yet. Knocking on that wood table. Yeah. Um, no, but she's just all over the yard, man. So you can't walk outside at night because then you'll just oh, step on a landmine. That's the worst. <laughs> luckily, I they're really it. small. So luckily, it's not that big a deal. And you can't, When I was a like, kid, dude, I stepped in dog crap all the time and I don't get it. Well, it and it's like through the toes. And yes. Just, it's so bad. And if you're wearing shoes, it like gets up in the grooves oh, you, of the. Never, you of might as well chunk them, man. They're never yeah. the same. I, you say you wash your shoes in a washer. Power washer. You can't. You can't, you can't uh, throw a dog crap in a washer. I don't. Th- I don't put my shoes in the washer when they got poop on. That's what I'm them. saying. There's no way to clean it. You just got to chunk well, them. Well, you can. You can power wash them, or but like then they're never the same, man. They are. Mm. It, it's a rubber sole. Right. It's not like cloth that like absorbs stuff. But it like squeezes up in there, man. Yeah, but try, to, try to clean no no not those. Oh no, man, we had the wrong right, shoes moving on. on. What's your question? What's your question? <laughs> dog crap. That's my question. <laughs> no, dog crap. What do you how do you feel about Stepping dog crap? Stepping into dog crap. How do you feel about dog crap? That's funny. No, oh, um man. so you said La Provincia and La Providencia, and you said I'm pretty sure it's Provincia, not Providencia. Yeah. Which I'm not even sure. I don't know. I'm just asking. I really want to go check the bag now. Why is it that we have a heart, like memory comes into question when we are pretty sure and then someone can actually make us question? Because you and I have had a couple of these last couple days. I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. You're stinking. No, but memory is an interesting thing because memory is imperfect. You can't, you can't trust everything you remember exactly how you remember it. Avril Lavigne, to my point, this morning... I was listening to that song, have not heard it in a decade. Yes. And it did not sound as good as I remember. Mm. Like in my head, it was way better. <laughs> yeah. And, and the drops it. were better. The sound was better. And for some reason, I was like, whoa, what's wrong with this? Well, because we've experienced something different. Maybe better? In the future. Well, I mean, depending on how you define better, like quality of sound and that kind of stuff certainly has improved over the over the time time span from when that came out to now like mixing music and, and whatever mixing yeah. and studios and like equipment and capability of technology is like I mean, and maybe because it was so technical and that's why as things improve you get called out because there's old yeah. songs that are just super good and they'll never go out of style yeah. just classics you know um a lot of the a lot of the you know 50s 60s 70s songs They'll never go out of class and out of style because it wasn't about the sound. Yep. It was about the quality of the, the, you know, the lyrics or the, the way they put it together. Well, and how you felt like there's songs that have, they're nostalgic because they, they have a, there's a memory tied to them. So you don't, I mean, you don't care if it's played on a scratchy radio. You don't care if it's played on a, a jukebox and, you know, in a random yeah. place and or what it sounds like because mm. you're you're taking yourself to a place that you remember well and somebody <laughs> cannot you think you yeah. remember well no until someone asks you, you then you just kind of question that memory well and it depends on if the person that's asking you was there and loves you and or had not. the same <laughs> and had the same experience well i mean it's like when you think mm-hmm. back and I think your point about memory or nostalgia or some kind of emotion mm-hmm. solidifies a lot of memories. And then there's others that are 
you're pretty sure, but then when you start talking about it, you're not so confident. So you and I had a conversation, I don't know when it was, a long time ago, when you first got here, actually, maybe. That was probably pretty close to to the beginning because we were transferring things over and we were... So Oklahoma is one of the last, or might probably is the last state Mm -hmm. to to require an update to the real ID. You know, the real ID on your driver's license with the star on it. You know, so that you can get on a plane with it, and and so they keep pushing back the deadline. Like if you don't do it by this date, you can't get on a plane. You got to bring your passport. Mm. Well, then they push it back six months, and it's like, well, it's by this date. And I say, they say, I don't even know if right now it's even implemented yet because they're trying to like get us to do it yeah because all of a sudden well right because all of a sudden every oklahoman tried to get their real id and you can't even i mean they're like six months out right now it's crazy so it's insane so ruben has a cdl license so Mm -hmm. he can drive a bigger vehicle with passengers people like a people yeah like and so you have and you have the endorsement for people is that right Mm -hmm. because there's a cdl and then there's a cdl that has an endorsement yeah, or is that I called have, an endorsement or is yep. it called a... Yeah, yeah, it's like a class uh, class C endorsement. So, and and getting that... Or a class D. Which, which one's... Know, man. One of them's normal. I think I, I it's a class C, CDL. Okay. I believe that's what it's called. I can look on my license if I want what's over there. Anyways, it's it allows me to drive, uh, you know, people. Um, but I can't drive a school bus. I don't have the air brakes and oh. those kinds of things. So there's even other those, ones. Yeah. So there's even other endorsements. I didn't take an air brake test. And, oh, crap. You know, you have to go through this pre-trip inspection and all that stuff. It was actually a, a long process. I failed part of it the first time I took it. I, I, <laughs> I, I passed the driving portion, but I failed the pre-trip inspection because I, I couldn't identify some parts of the engine or something like mm. that. And it's, it's crazy. There's a lot that you have to actually... Uh, memorized to get it so i had a conversation said i went through the process of you and know, it's a getting long one this. it's a long one i and... looked into it and i didn't want to invest the time and the potential yeah. you know the potential of failing and having to redo it again drives me nuts i've already experienced that in a lot of places a lot of ways in my life so i'm like okay do i really want to put myself through mm-hmm. the long study the long test and then get an appointment to fail <laughs> I'm, I'm, i mean failure is fine but in this particular thing, I'm like, okay, I look around. There's several guys that have their CDL with the endorsement. I don't need to get it. So our conversation was, should I renew this because I'm going to have to get on a list? And well, yeah, it's it's because it's tied to your and regular gotta, license, yeah, right? I got to go to the Department of Public Safety. I can't go to you can't just go down to the tag, go to the tag agency, agency or whatever. Yeah. And it's it's a whole ordeal. And that, I don't like, know how other states do it. on file and all this stuff. It's, I don't know how other states do it, but here in Oklahoma, you can just there's tag agencies all over the place. They're just like little corner shops. Yeah, and you can get your driver's license. You can get your license plate. You can pay your taxes. I mean, all this stuff. Registrations. Yeah. And all that, yeah. But in other places, I think you have to go to the DMV. You have to go to the, you know, public safety thing. There's other places, but in Oklahoma, it's pretty convenient until you have a CDL, right? And then you got to go to specific places. Yeah. So, write in and see if I sh- tell me if I should keep my CDL or not. <laughs> so here's where the memory comes in. So here's where the memory comes in. We're having this conversation, and the way I remember it is different than the way Ruben remembers it. Mm-hmm. And then it comes up yesterday, and we have a. I'm laughing about it because it's funny, but then it causes anxiety and <laughs> and and we have people around us watching us. <laughs> as Ruben's having an anxiety attack, and I'm laughing because I think it's funny. But 
So I wasn't having an anxiety attack. A little bit. That, no, that was that's strong bit. language. And it was because I was piling on other things along with it. Yeah, you were you were having a day yesterday. <laughs> I was. That was just like Christy told me last night. I was like, "What the crap were you doing?" She didn't say that word. She doesn't use that word, but I do. In my head, I heard "what the crap." She goes, "You were just like in a thing yesterday," and I was like, "I know." That's, that's something else I want to talk to you about today. Like, how do you know when God's doing something in your life? <laughs> it's a struggle. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, I remember the conversation going, "Hey, you spent all the time doing it. If you want to renew it, I'm for it." But don't feel like you have to have a CDL just because of our job here at, at Bethel, because there's plenty of people that have them, and we don't even have a vehicle that you would need to drive. So for me, this is the way I remember it. For me, you don't don't worry about it. You know, if if it's going to be a deal. Well, then a couple of days later, I remember. Now this could be I could be wrong. This is the faulty part of memory. That's is the couple, first time you said. No, that. no, I said this yesterday. No, you didn't say I could be wrong. Come you were on. so confident that you were right. No, because a couple of days later, the way I remember it was, you said I'm going to go ahead and renew it because I put all the work into it, and I was like, whatever. So I let it go. Well, then yesterday our conversation was, I can't believe you you're saying you don't care if I renew it or not because you told me to do it, and I was like, dude, I didn't tell you to do it. I you, told you. No, I didn't it was say your that decision. you told me to do it. You said. You said, you did say it was my decision, but your advice that I remember receiving, and maybe it was me <laughs> giving myself advice and putting words in your mouth or you thoughts didn't say in that your head. Either. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you're right because I was confident that how the conversation went, but you know. Anyhow, so I, how do you remember it? I remember you saying the advice that you gave was. Man, I mean, if you went through the work to get it, then just you might as well keep it just in case you need it someday. And that's with no caveat. Like there was no like if you gotta drive to, you know, wherever to get it, don't do it. You don't remember no, like No, I don't remember a caveat. Stuff? You're just like, I mean, just because we were talking about the real ID and there's like this pressure and I was, it was in the, it was in the. You can't even travel anywhere. You're just like, right. And so that's where it, it, where the, the water, the line muddy. was. Yeah. Because I was like, well, I, I'm in this boat of like, I can't even get an appointment yet. I'm required to do some things and uh, get the real ID and all this kind of stuff. And it's coming down the pike where it's like, you only have so much time to do it. And right. I was like, well, and it's expired, Sorry, right? I, I mean, it, get... it's truly expired. So you got to explain to everybody that, hey, this is expired, but I'm trying to get the process. And Right. I mean, yeah, well, it, I don't think my license itself is expired, but like <laughs> I got to get, yeah, I need to, I need to do something with it. And and then the other, the other thing was we were living in uh, the temporary house that we house, were living yeah. in, temporary housing, and knew that, you know, six months later, eight months later we were going to be in a different location and so then you got to pay to update all this stuff and get license reprinted with your new address on it and all that stuff and i'm like i don't want to it was a mess yeah so in the chaos of all of it i said to you i was like man you have this ability to just like you say things with such (laughs) not only confidence but like with surety and so we were having a conversation about being like dogmatic on stuff yeah and i don't know that the correct term is dogmatic but you can 
the way you say things and I think just your personality and who you are, and maybe it's my personality messed with, meshed with yours, is like you have the ability to like really cause somebody to call into question things that are like, <laughs> that's something that I experienced, yet now I'm questioning it, even though it's it was a personal experience <laughs> that I had. And I, that's so I'm bad. like, man, holy cow. And so I think there's, uh, there's a great gift in that, but then there's also a lot of danger in that because – you got to be responsible with that gift. <laughs> with that gift. <laughs> because holy cow. I mean. Well, one of the things that like even this podcast and, and I've, I've had some conversations with people that are close to me and they get frustrated mm-hmm. with some of the things that I say, some of the tracks that I go down, some uh-huh. of the maybe that surety, I guess. Yeah. And I, my whole my whole conversation with them was um, I actually want you to think where you really are not what you tell people so there i I think we have this different we have different personas in us we have this Mm -hmm. we have this public image that we show our friends and family and then there's little degrees that take us like closer to the inner circle where some people very few people know who we really are Hmm. well then when it comes to faith or it comes to even politics or it comes to society or things that we just we, we put on airs, I want people to actually be confronted with some of those things, if whether it's consistent or inconsistent, and take them to a place that seems extreme to unsettle their thoughts of what where they landed dogmatically. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like once, once you can unsettle even those things that you think are core, and if they actually move, they weren't really core. Huh. And so I want to take someone past where they really should be emotionally or maybe mm-hmm. mentally for them to land where they really are. Um, if you go, if you go to the ocean and uh, you're, you're, you're in the waves and you can see down a lot of places, you can't see the actual, you know, under the, 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 the ground. Right. But if you can go to a beach and you can actually stand, you know, maybe four or five feet out and you can see the bottom, there's rocks there that get moved, 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 and then finally settle somewhere. And it's, that's the idea. The idea as far as your convictions, if you want to call them, or your your belief system or your values, the core of who you are, a lot of us live in a world where it's all, it's all reactive to what other people say. And so we never really get to find out who we really are. Hmm. And so what I like to do is I like to say things that are almost extreme to unsettle the fake and get you to where you, where you actually are. Because I'm okay with wherever you are. It doesn't really matter to me where you are. But I don't want you to put up a pretense about what you think, you know. Now, unfortunately, that spreads over into what you said a minute ago is like, I've really experienced this and you're telling me I didn't. <laughs> I don't I don't mean to do that. That's not what I mean to do. But it's more perspective. Like, hey, okay, so you you remember this conversation this way, and I was just listening and offering some advice, but I never told you to keep your CDL. I told you to I mean, evaluate it. If you want to go for it, go for it. You put all the work into it, but mm-hmm. I don't know, I can't foresee you using it here. And so I mean, if it's not worth it, just go down and give yourself a regular license and be done with it, you know? Right. So anyway, that was my memory. Now you felt it differently because it was so strong. And because it was strong, you felt it extreme to like, oh, I got to do whatever it takes to get this thing renewed. Hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because you're not really a, a dogmatic person when you have a conversation. Like you're open to all sorts of ideas and 
and theories and even like wrestling through stuff yet i think the danger is if somebody doesn't know that about you i know you you gotta be like i don't know and and it's that ray's a real jerk that's what <laughs> that's what christy's afraid that people think that well ray's i mean a there's jerk. a possibility for that for people to think that about anyone i guess really just depending on their personality and I, I I do find it interesting because I'm not uh, I think to answer your original question, like what causes maybe someone to doubt even the things that they've personally experienced mm-hmm. is un unsurety or I guess you could say insecurity of like, hmm. And if you take that into the realm of like, I don't know like faith hmm. for example we were having a conversation uh before the podcast of what do you say to somebody that says what's your like what's your hope in in jesus like isn't it frustrating that jesus is the only way and there's this experiential aspect of it but then there's also an intellectual intellectual aspect of it but unless those two like meet up, so the psalmist would say, you know, taste and see that the the Lord is good. So that's a that's a testing. That's a like a walking down a road that, and and then you can't take away that experience. So I think I was able to, even though we we experienced that differently, we were able to yesterday walk away and then today reconvene and still be friends and have a conversation, <laughs> even though we didn't agree with how right. each other saw that because they were both experiences that we in our mind said, no, that was my experience. Well, that was my experience. And at the end of the day, it didn't matter whether right. you told me to keep my CDL or not, because that's my, that's my choice. <laughs> like yeah. I should like, right. And nor should like, like, I'm not going to check your wallet and see what you did. Right. Exactly. (laughs) If you want to tell me fine, but (laughs) yeah. And, um, well, you know, what's, what's fascinating about the way other people perceive us is we have a narrative in our heads and we have this thought of who, who we are and a lot, and a mm -hmm. lot of it's unaware. Like there's this, there's this idea that we're supposed to be self-aware and the more self-aware we are, the better we'll interact with people. But I still think that's fake. I think we Hmm. still have a narrative in our head of how we've experienced it and how the people experience us. And unless we trust someone and have an open conversation with them about how they really experienced us, we don't know. Um, And so if if you're a father or you're a mother or you you are are married and you have this narrative in your head that your spouse receives you this way and your kids receive you a certain way, and then they grow up and they're in therapy and they're like griping about you and you're like, well, we had a great childhood. What, I mean, you had a great childhood. You had everything you wanted. And it's Hmm. like, it's the way other people perceive and experience us. We can't, we can't change that in other people. And uh, one of the things that I, the, I, I, maybe my experiences go back to even uh, being a kid and realizing that not everything is black and white. Not everything is so just always the same. Like the, the, the same experience is not the same every single time. It's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go and experience things differently. And, and I, I was in, I was growing up in the very, very, real time where Millie Vanilli, you know, got found out that they weren't really singing their songs. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. And I would actually every day I had a little Walkman radio that my grandma got me for Christmas. My sister had one, my brother had one. 
and we would scour the channels to find their song because it was so good. And then to find out that that wasn't real, like their song was real, it was obviously there, but the guys that put it on weren't the ones that actually sang it. And a disaster, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if you know that whole story about them where they were faking that they were actually singers. Huh. They looked right and they had the part and they could act, but all their music was um, was dubbed in. Like their concerts and everything, it was just dubbed in. And the real singers didn't look the part and so they didn't they didn't become famous. These The real singers became famous through the fake experience. And I'm like, okay, if that's true and it became mainstream, how many other people are walking through life just fake and walking through through life not being real? Well, and they're put on a a, a public pedestal, right? And here's here's like the dark side of that is that once you get to a place, if you've arrived somewhere through being someone that you're not, I think that's why the you know um, well you believe. You mental. That's yeah. where like the mental health issues start to uh, like we see them on the rise. We see because we've seen this. Um, I don't even know what to call it, but like in our in our world, this celebrity culture, and everyone's striving to make a name for themselves almost. Yeah, and it's like because that's the thing to do. It's like like the idea of becoming famous is so sought after. And then they look at <clears throat> the public and they look at people around them and they're like, man, what did they do to become famous? Right. And that means, oh, I must, that's what people want to see. That's what people want to hear. And so I got to become like that. And you make, you become good enough at being someone who you're not. And then the, the, the dark side is you get there and it's lonely. You get there and you realize, man, this is really isn't who I am. But you got to spend the rest of your life, it seems like, playing the part of someone who you're really not in order to keep the same status and right. level of influence that you have. So it's all deceptive. And it becomes yeah. exhaustive. Like That's why we find so many people who are spiritually, uh, emotionally, and even um, like just on the inside just completely wore out and there's just wreckage everywhere in their life right. because they're trying to keep up with something that they're really not. Right. And there's no freedom to change course. Yeah. Cause you're in a, you're in a, you're in a track and you're stuck. That's who you are. Yeah. And people don't give you any grace or freedom to make mistakes. Seemingly. I think people would, but we think, we in our heads don't think we will, especially when they're serious dogmatic issues. Like if they're serious things about faith or things about um, even politics, you know, you you're not allowed to change that. And so you either end up believing everything you've been selling for years <laughs> and you become a, a really good liar that you even believe your own lies. You're so good. You believe your own lies mm -hmm. or you become so depressed and and anxious that you're just covering up all the time that you'll have a mental snap and you'll show up, you know, on TV, shaving your head and go and live in a cave somewhere, you know, and I, yeah. and I, but then you have the other extreme. So there's, so there is another side, which is there's people that don't give a crap. They're just like, I'm going to be me. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to be a jerk or I'm going to be whatever. It's almost like, Hey, could you put a couple filters on? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. so there are two extremes to the, to the, to the, to the life, you know, of right. how people experience you. 
and how you actually are developing your character and, and the path yeah. you're on. So I think the mental health thing is a big <clears> one. <throat> Um, well, but I, I think, think memory and, and to my to my original question was I think memory plays a lot into this because our conversation that was a year and a half ago played out again yesterday, and neither one of us can say with true confidence actually what was said because it was a year and a half ago, hmm. and it was a conversation, and so going to court, and if we if you and I were taken to court, they could just run circles around both of us because you can't confidently say this is exactly what happened because you're relying solely on your memory right memory and not there's nothing recorded there's nothing facts. written yeah. down nothing signed <laughs> and so it's like you have a debate with someone about something that happened and that's why there's two stories that's why there's two narratives that's mm -hmm. why there's two lived experiences and you, you can't change them mm -hmm. like i have memories of i don't watch old tv shows anymore because my memory of them is way better than they actually are. Uh, oh, case yeah. in point, MacGyver. Dude, we were our family was hardcore MacGyver. We'd always mm. joke about it. Hey, you know that uh, MacGyver does his own stunts, and I mean, it was just a funny. I mean, our, it was our family's thing. Every every week, we'd watch MacGyver. I tried to watch one a couple years ago, and it was terrible. Like it was so bad that I was like, "Oh my goodness." this was good <laughs> at right. some point i thought this was good and so i don't want to mess up the fondness i have in my head hmm. from some of those experiences because you experience kind of like the avril lavigne song didn't sound as good you watch a show of macgyver and you're like wow that's crap <laughs> you know compared to what tv is now because things have progressed you know um, old movies man i just don't watch them i just try to remember what they are like there's classics that you can watch a thousand times and they're fine princess bride for example you know watch that one and it's it's just as good now as it was before right. that's my opinion uh but there's others that's like let's just leave that alone the goonies great movie but i had no i, I didn't remember how filthy it was like at all and i didn't either and i watched until, it as a kid until you until you mentioned yesterday cuz i quoted the line from it <laughs> yeah. like hey you guys <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, I, I said, I said, man, what a what a great movie. And you're like, do you realize like how, you know, filthy that movie was? And I was like, no, I guess I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I just remember that one line. I remember swinging in on a rope what and a great, like great movie too. Just the whole story behind it, but filthy. And I couldn't even tell you what the movie's really about. I just remember treasure, that man, line. Treasure, yeah, like treasure hunting. <laughs> but it was um, that that that's really. But remembering, it's interesting. It's remembering, that we pick up on. yeah, and it's remembering the experience. And I guess, I guess, memory is tied to how we felt. You know, did it change our course? Did it? Mm -hmm. Who was there? Um, you know, the Goonies. I remember watched it. My parents didn't know we were going to watch it, but we had some friends from church, and we stayed the night over at their house. Mm. And all of us kids watched it. They they rented it. The parents did, and we watched it. Mm. Well, I think if my parents would have really known, we wouldn't they we wouldn't have watched it. But because we were in a safe quote unquote environment and blah blah blah, we watched it. So I was connected with my friends, I was watching something, and I think at the time I probably was like, Ooh, I probably shouldn't be watching this. That makes it even better. So then it sticks in your head, you know? Huh. And so that experience, I've not watched the Goonies again. I watched it that one time when I was twelve. <coughs> I think it might have been eleven. So I watched it that one time and haven't seen it since. And I don't want to mess up my memory of it. But I do remember how filthy it was. <laughs> so, wow. well, and this is I, I had the, as you were talking, I had this an interesting thought was like, 
the truth that you felt as a kid that though like MacGyver, for example, right? You would take it to the bank as a kid, and if no no matter what somebody said about MacGyver as a kid, you would be like, Oh dude, it's so good. Right. Now <laughs> you would say something different simply because the advancement of technology and, and what makes it bad, quote unquote, right? Like I, my, the same for me was uh, like your MacGyver was Three Stooges for me. Oh, dude, I. <laughs> well, that's kind of classic still, though. Loved it, but it's not as good as like my my wife for Christmas. I think it was one year. She bought me a DVD with all of them on it, and uh. I was so pumped like that she got that for me, and I could not even wrap my mind around it because I was just like, man, I have all these great memories of watching this as a kid and just the funny stuff. Mo plucking at his nose and beating him on the head and him, brink, brink. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, whoop, 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 uh, which, which character that, are you, like, man? Which character are you? Dude, I'm, I'm Curly, baby. That's right. That's and, what I was uh, going to say. If you, if you didn't say Curly, I'd have been like, you're an idiot. <laughs> oh, dude. And I remember like, once I went bald, even even remember like I shaving my head, I was like, oh man, like I can I'm I can curly. do the whole whoop 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 thing, and it was like that's hilarious, you know. And so I even practiced it and all that kind of stuff. So Jordan got me this DVD, and I sit down to watch it, and I find myself I'm like, this isn't really funny. Mm-hmm. Like what was super funny to me as a kid, and like changed. all yeah. this kind of stuff because. Yeah, comedy's changed. What we find funny is different than what we found back then. And so... And we're less impressed. I I, I, I hate that yeah. about us, but as we grow, we're less impressed. I agree. So what, like, how do we even... I don't know, how do we even navigate that? Because several episodes ago, we talked about the death of truth, mm-hmm. the depth, death of absolute truth. So even those things that we would say are true statements as a kid... You, statement being MacGyver is an amazing show as a kid that was true but now you're like mm, I don't really feel the same way you know I, I, mean? I get I mean and, and I think if we we can go theological right right we can go experience there's a lot of places mm-hmm. we can go with this but I think like to, to answer your point about MacGyver I really think in that moment in my life it's you cannot create recreate it like you can't okay. recreate that experience with my family being the night where we ordered pizza and we'd watch MacGyver together. Yep. Even my grandparents got involved in it. My aunts and uncles got involved in it when we were up with, with them. And it was just the moment in life that I will always remember fondly. And I don't want to mess that up by watching a, a MacGyver again. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't want to mess up that memory in my head. Now, the problem is when we talk theological, we have the same experiences with like what we would call truth and we have this fondness in our minds Hmm. about what was going on in our lives when we came to a certain conclusion yeah yeah theologically and so it's either tied to somebody like a a pastor or tied to a sunday school teacher or tied Hmm. to a you know a friend a camp you know if you go to camp man there's certain things that you're emotionally just on a high and you make decisions and we don't Unfortunately, we don't want to go back and confront those things because we hold them with nostalgia. Because if someone questions a theological conclusion we've come to, what we're doing is we are touching that MacGyver experience or we're touching that experience that we remember fondly and then we all of a sudden get defensive about it. 
Like, no, I remember this. I, now this is the decision I made. And I, I kind of think you're in my relationship over the years, a year and a year, almost two years, like, like actual close-up relationship is a journey that we can give each other a pass on things that we landed on before because it's experiential relationship and we're still continuing in it. Hmm. The problem is we, you, we look at the scripture or we look at theology as somewhere to land and never change. And I don't think if, I don't think that's accurate. I don't think that's what God wants. And so to give a caveat to this is like, we know that Jesus was a real person that came to this earth and died 2000 years ago. And it was the fulfillment of God's promises. That's a fact that happened in history. It also is a faith fact for us to put our faith and trust in him. Mm-hmm. And that is a, that is a, not only a theological like benchmark, but it's also an experiential thing as we go forward. Because I think if you can experience Jesus and experience the Holy Spirit, experience God's working in your life on a daily basis, it will progress from when you first met him. Because when you first met him, you don't, you didn't understand him like you understand him now, yeah. if you've continued forward. And so I think our childlike Jesus experience is different than the one we have now, but for some reason, because of the experience continuing forever, we give that one a pass. And so we, we accept that one because when I was a kid, you know, <laughs> I was a, a kid growing up in, um, middle, middle America mm-hmm. before my parents went to Costa Rica. Jesus was a white dude with long hair that my parents would cut the long hair out off of him. You know, we had those little, um, those little, uh, things that stuck on the wall. What's that called? Um, flannel graph when I was a kid and my mom would actually cut the long hair off Jesus in the flannel graph because she didn't want us to think that Jesus was this long haired hippie. (laughs) So that was kind of like her thing. So when I was a kid, it was like, well, Jesus is this white long haired dude. Interesting. But as you progress, you realize, okay, he was a Middle Eastern guy. He was a Jewish guy. He probably didn't look anything like this, most likely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we he looked his own way. Now, then you go to Central America, and there's a black Jesus. And so people grow up with this black Jesus or this brown Jesus or this whatever. And I think that the point is we all experience Jesus, the idea that we want to put in our head of what he looks like. Mm. We all experience it based on culture. But all of us are thinking about this one individual, Jesus, that we've never seen, and yet we put our faith and trust in him. So as we grow and mature, we're okay with that nuance of our childhood, right? Hmm. Now let's bring it to a theological, quote-unquote, conviction, like um, the rapture, the um, heaven. What is heaven like? Um, What's the church supposed to be? Uh, Bible and Bible versions, Mm -hmm. translations, when we never ever grow and continue to ask questions about them, we stay with this childlike experience of them. And when someone 20 years later touches those, it's tied to an experience of our childhood Mm -hmm. and we get upset about it. And we're like, no, that's not what I accepted. That's not what I learned. That's not what I did. And we intertwine it with what it means to be a faithful person instead of something that God wants us to discover and continually discover along our journey. And so scripture is not meant to be dominated and wielded in a tool in our hands. Scripture is supposed to be something that confronts and molds and changes us always. So it's not ever, and it's never done, you know? And so it's like, (laughs) I don't know how anybody can land anywhere ever on a theological conclusion and never move because that would mean scripture is black and white 
and yet you read it and it's really hard to find black and white other than we're lost and we need a savior and Jesus is the savior. Outside of that, what is there? Now, we can debate that for hours, but right. but I think we come to a place where we we hatefully dogmatically, if you want to use that word, accept that these are the truths. So I could dogmatically say MacGyver is the best show in history. So good. Well, that's based on my memory as a, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, whatever year old kid, mm-hmm. even a young teenager, and our family jokes around it and how we all would always laugh about it and make sure we always had a, you know, a Swiss Army pocket knife on us with duct tape, you know, with Swiss Army pocket knife, duct tape, you do anything you want to do. Well, yeah. it's all tied to that memory. So if someone confronts it and then actually shows me the proof and I watch it and I say, oh my gosh, that sucks. Well, then I, I've, I've shifted my childhood experience from something that's really cool. And I think we tie theology that way. And then we end up saying, yeah, but I sat in Sunday school with my Sunday school teacher and my friends, and I went to camp and I went to junior church and vacation Bible school. And those are the experiences that are nostalgic. And when you start to question them, it unravels that whole experience of my childhood. Hmm. If you grew up in church. Which I don't know. I don't know that I agree that that's true because you are, you're, no one can take that away from you. Like, so the experience of it. So right. someone can come to a different conclusion and say, MacGyver's terrible. Look here, watch it. You'll see for yourself. It's terrible. So, but what I'm saying though, is I would, if I tied my experience to MacGyver, right. Then it would be unraveled because it sucks. So MacGyver equals good family times and laughter and jokes that have continued to today and I unravel MacGyver while it all goes away. That's I think that's what people are doing to faith. I'm not saying oh, that you okay. could do that to my MacGyver experience, but I think people do that to faith mm. in places they land. You can't question it because it'll unravel my whole experience. Because it's not tied to to Jesus in the, you know. Or it's just tied to that moment. Mm. It's tied to that experience, that that moment of experience, and and you're questioning my experience. Instead of, mm-hmm. no, I'm questioning the object that you've put your faith in for 20 years, specifically like a Bible version or that the rapture is going to happen or, um, I mean, what else? I mean, what else can we t- touch on? Like um, women wearing pants and skirts and a lot of things that we've tied our philosophy to uh, is an object, not an experience. Okay. So today I could sit with my kids and my kids would think it's terrible to do MacGyver, to watch right. MacGyver. But the actual experience of laughter and things that my kids are going to tie their future to, it's not about MacGyver. It's about, <laughs> I don't know, I mean, the the series of unfortunate events. I mean, it could be that, or it could be, I don't know. We started trying to watch Little House on the Prairie, and I just saw myself making fun of it the whole time. And so I just it was hard for me to continue to watch it with my kids because I was yeah. just making fun of it, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it can't, what I'm saying is the experience we tie it to something and we make that experience part of that thing instead of the experience, this journey. And so mm-hmm. a relationship, if you and I don't remember the same thing, can we still be friends tomorrow? Yes. Cause we're not tying our relationship to that memory. Right. We're tying right. our relationship to an experience, a journey. Why can't that be part of our theological progress too? Now mm-hmm. people, you're going to say I'm a liberal and who knows what, and things change. No, what I'm saying is, there's certain things we've hung, like we've planted a flag in, 
And then we can't even be friends because we don't agree on that thing. I put a flag in mm-hmm. that wasn't necessary. Yeah. I think that make I think that makes sense. And which is part of the reason why there's a lot of division. <laughs> yeah. Because if you tie your experience to the theological posts, so to speak, then you're not only messing with theology, but you're messing with an experience that you had. Is that what you're saying? Yes. So and that's where it gets gets messy. Because it if if I if I think about like the okay, so there's people that say if you don't remember if you don't remember where you made a spiritual decision, mm. if you don't remember where you're in question to whether that actually happened. If you didn't pray these words this way, then that experience is not real. Mm. And our memories are so bad over time that we could say, oh yeah, it happened right here when it could have been miles away or it could have been somewhere else or could have been a different date or a day. And what I'm saying is I think that we tie, we, we closely connect objects to experience. And then we, when, when it's come into question, it ends up questioning everything. Right, so we throw my, it all away. if my faith was if dependent memory, on, on remembering the, yeah. the date and time and where I was at. Yeah, that's like one then, aspect. Right, then it gets, then my whole faith gets called into question when, when I, can't I can't remember or I have the thought, wait, was that, was it on a, was it on a Thursday or yeah. a How Wednesday? old was I? Um, where was I, actually, I? I don't remember. And then it's like, well, if I don't remember, then does that mean... That yeah. it wasn't real or that it right. wasn't true or that it, that it, and that's why, so the object of our faith is not maybe the, the date or the time or the experience that we had, but it's actually Jesus himself because he's the one who, who, who rescues us. And, and it transcends and, it. It's outside of that. Yeah. And so that's, that's helpful because I've had conversations with people that I'm, that I'm very close with, even, even like. Um, my wife about like just this idea of like what is what is my faith in because there's you know uh language was used growing up of like if you weren't if if you're only ninety nine point nine percent sure then you're a hundred percent lost lost yeah or and wrong it, or it whatever, was yeah a hundred percent wrong or lost or however it was phrased up and then you're you're like well did I did I do it right? Did I say the right words? And so your faith, you got to ask yourself the question, like, where, where is my faith? Is my faith in even a memory or an experience rather than my faith being in the man, Jesus, that came and lived uh, the perfect life who died and rose again. Mm -hmm. And that my faith being in what he did rather than how I went about right, right, accepting him, right. You know what I mean. Or the mechanics or, in place, yes. And pastors and speakers do the worst because they're like, "Hey, if you don't remember this, then you're this man." That just like it wipes out a whole group of people, and they end up faking that they remember. You know, it's kind of like you see a picture when mm-hmm. you're a kid, and you have a memory of that situation, but all mm-hmm. you're doing is looking at a picture. You're you're remembering it because a picture was taken. You actually don't remember that moment. You know what I'm saying? And so, and, and someone tells you a story, shows you a picture and you create a memory that's really wasn't the original experience, you know, the mm. smells and the, 
the things you felt and all that just doesn't, it's not, it's not there, especially as a younger kid. And, and I, I think we do a disservice to people by tying it to a system mechanically, like these things had to happen for you to have this happen. It's, right. it's just not, it's and not, if, it's if not these things didn't fall into place or happen in this way, in this order, then mm, I don't know that we can confirm or deny that it's real. Right. And right. that's, 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 um, I think disheartening because then the temptation is because your faith at that point is in the way you went about it. Right. And there's a right or wrong way to, to do it or to, and that's the, the danger sometimes in, you know, repeat after me, Mm. pray this way. And Jesus himself said, when you pray, pray like this. And so he gives us some principles and some guidelines. An example. Yeah. Yeah. An example. Yet I think sometimes we think our, like our faith hinges on the words that we said Mm -hmm. And, or even on the emotions, like there was, there was a season of life where I felt like, man, if somebody is not emotionally broken over their sin that drives them maybe even to tears or this emotional experience, Mm. then is it really real? Like, because Jesus, like, I mean, the awe Mm of the truth that Jesus rescued you from something that you couldn't rescue you rescue yourself from is a big deal. And if it's a big deal, it looks like this emotionally for you to respond to that. And I had this like kind of framework in my mind that I was like, okay, that's what it looks like when somebody really Mm -hmm. like gets it. And, and my gauge or my meter in which somebody really, quote unquote, got it was maybe this emotional, yeah. you know, tears breaking or, tears yeah. or this saying, this confession that they hit certain benchmarks in my mind in the things that they said. Mm-hmm. And it had nothing to do with, like looking back, it had very little, I should say, to do with them putting their faith in Jesus and the work that he accomplished on the cross Mm. as it did in that moment and them saying the right thing, you know, emotionally experiencing the right thing and all that kind of stuff. And it's, um, and then which if I put that on other people, then I gotta, I gotta look internally and say, man, it like you wrestle with like, what have I, what have I tied my faith to? You know what I mean? What are the things throughout my life that I've, hitched my faith to well and when you come across some monumental decision and you don't experience those emotions and you don't experience that deep whatever you felt then you think something's wrong with you in that season Mm -hmm. and things are different think you experience things in a different way and you just happen to have a a perfect storm at that moment you know Mm -hmm. and i think that's the whole going back to the beginning which is how do other people experience you and what is it like to be on the other side of you it's like you can play a narrative in your head and impose that on other people and project it on other people well this is what i experienced this is what i felt this is what i thought so they have to get there to do this and that's why i always i mean i've said i think i've said it on this podcast my favorite portion of all scripture is in john 3 and it's just jesus talking to nicodemus this seeker that was curious and he's like well the wind's blowing and you can't you can't tame it, control it, don't know where it's going, 
but the wind blows. That's how the spirit moves. And that means there's, he works within our personality. He works within our experience. He works within our, within our life along the way. And I, and I think we experience redemption, quote unquote, or salvation or a spiritual awakening, yeah. all different. And then every other experience or every other biblical, theological, whatever landing we want to come to, we think it's, oh no, okay, now I know I experienced Jesus' salvation, redemption this way, but these other things have to be A, B, C. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way God works. I mean, that's we, we see it throughout history and time. And like, why did he allow people that were after his own heart to be <laughs> so different than what we would accept today? And why would we, why would he chase a guy, you know, Jonah, for example, why would he chase him so far, even though he was so mean and he was so hateful and he was so depressed and yet God continued to pursue him. And then Elisha always pursued God and, but God still pursued him in a different way. And then Elijah was off obviously in a cave. And then you, I mean, every biblical person had a different experience. They were all flawed in their own way. And yet God pursued every single one of them on almost like on their terms. You know, um, you have uh, Gideon that put a fleece out. And and we have in our heads today, like, if I put a fleece out, God will strike me dead. Because I've I've understood that when God says it, I believe it, that settles it, no question asked. Well, Gideon had a different experience because he had some doubt. He's like, well, I'm going to put this out here. Hey, God, don't be mad, but I'm going to do this other thing over here. And then along his journey, it was all the same thing, and yet God met him right there in that whole mess. And so if you're a person that's very black and white, why can't God meet you there? And if you're a person that's very emotional, why can't God meet you there? And if you're a person that needs a lot of evidence and convincing, why can't God meet you there? And if you're a person that's super just just tell me once and I'll believe it forever, then why can't God meet you there? You know. And I think the memory of it and how we remember also can be a progression because i always ask myself so when is it that i actually became like a son of god well some people would tell me it's back here when you prayed this prayer Mm -hmm. then other people would say well you had to have here because you were baptized here and then other people would say well look at the results of your your life it's over here Mm -hmm. why couldn't it be even somewhere i don't know a progression along the way that he is he's always planned on me being a son and it's a progression I don't know. And I think what you're describing is the way in which God ultimately receives glory in every in every circumstance. So I'm thinking in my life and I'm not going to put this on anyone else. I'm not going to put this on any any other pastor that I've ever sat under their teaching or ministry leader that I've learned from or whatever. I'm putting this on me. And I think through the ways that I have handled spirit, some spiritual conversations. And um, the only reason that I would want to like that I can look back and say, man, why did I, why did I handle it that way? Or why did I, uh, push for it to look this way um, is simply because there's part of me that deep down I want to control it and I want to be able to point to 
someone else's experience as a confirmation that God is working in me and using me. Um, and so there's part of it that I think is control, but then there's part of it that's really dangerous. And you've talked about, you know, uh, the beast, um, and being more like thinking and operating in some ways more like Satan than you do like, like God is to say, um, that you want some of the glory that you want to be able to. And I think, I think on the well-meaning side of it is like, you want to know, I think we're looking for these things that we can grab onto as confirmation that, cause if we tie our salvation experience to, uh, to these things, then we also must tie our, what we would use a theological term that we would use is sanctification, our growth or being conformed more to the image of a son we tie that to things that we experience as well. And so we say, okay, if I want to show that I'm growing, then I must lead a certain number of people to faith, or I must do X, Y, Z in order to show or prove that the salvation that God has given me, I'm either worthy of, or it was actually evidence of, um, my salvation instead of being evidence of God's, God's goodness and glory in my life. Like I want to ultimately, like I want to take some of the glory. Yeah. And that's very, (laughs) well, you're hitting on some really powerful things. If you can unpack it in daily life, because we all have confirmation bias, which means Mm -hmm. I assume this to be true. So I'm going to look for it and I'll find it. I can always find I can always find proof of what I'm looking for, right? Mm-hmm. And there's people that do it on all sides. How yep. do you know, here's a question, how do you know that you've done a good job as a pastor? Like, yeah. how do you know on Sunday that it was a good Sunday? Like, right. what what are the things you do in your own head, just out loud? I mean, because I'll tell you mine. How do you know it's a good Sunday that we've actually been successful? Yeah, the temptation is to uh, base it on feedback that you receive, you know, attaboys maybe as, as you would, <laughs> no as you would craps, describe all it. Attaboys. Like, <laughs> yeah, no craps, all attaboys. Um I and and then like the choices that people make um outside of that Sunday. I mean that we can't you, even you, control. You, right. That you look on you look on social media and you you think to yourself and you're scratching your head like didn't we, we blew it this weekend? Just like have this conversation. Like, didn't we just see how God's word like walks us through how to handle this certain situation? And this is how you're responding. Like that were you were you not listening? Did I fail to communicate? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there that's the temptation is to look at these external things. Um, and I think there's I don't know that that's completely unhealthy or wrong. I think it's good to evaluate what's happening, but I wonder if we, as a pastor and as a, as someone that um, has given our lives, both of us have given our lives mm-hmm. to serve people in the church, mm-hmm. um, attendance. Oh, yeah. We, we look at that and you're like, okay, so today was more successful than last week, so I feel better. Like, I think God is pleased with me because people came. Hmm. Um, 
And then the following week, if they happen to come back and maybe slightly more visitors, you're like, okay, so last week must have been really good mm-hmm. in order for more people to come. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and we in church end up treating church like business, like like a restaurant or like a, you know, a, a supermarket or whatever, you know, that sells things. Because if our product is good and if we've done a good job, people will come back. That's what we say to ourselves. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying that's what we say to ourselves. And then the week that happens where half the people are gone and where is everybody? We feel less loved. We feel less um, uh, approved by God. And we begin to question, oh, what did we do wrong? Mm -hmm. Like what was wrong about last week? What was wrong about this week? And there's such a fine line between doing excellent, um, you know, honoring God with excellence and realizing that we're in a we're in a field or in a work that it's people and people are all over the place and you cannot judge what God is doing in people's hearts based on who comes on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we we tend to feel more loved by God when things look more successful. And Externally, God and, yeah. and so we tie. So back to our whole memory and our tying things, we feel the best when certain criteria is met Mm -hmm. instead of really looking at the bigger picture and saying, what's the purpose of church? And what's the purpose of the gathering? What's the purpose of people coming together? It's not how many people can we cram in this building. It's not how many people, you know, raise their hands to give their lives to Jesus. And it's not how many people you know, how much money came in the offering plate. And it's, it's none of that stuff. We don't even have offering plates, but it's not, it's not that. It's did we actually love one another and walk with each other through a difficult situation? Did we actually have a one another experience, even if there was just five people there? Right. Um, most of us that are in ministry can't handle less than our best success. And we're looking to succeed more than we previously succeeded. Which then plays into back to your MacGyver thing is this ever progressing everything else around us in our world is progressingly and or progressively getting what we would define as better right quality of sound with the Avril Lavigne stuff like back in the 90s things sounded a certain way and now they sound more crisp and more everything's on point and who knows what it's going to look like in feels better yeah who knows what it's going to look like in in 10 years from now and yet we like and and i think that creeps into our heart mm-hmm. and even with the um events that we put on and the things that we the things that we do it's like i got to add a, there's got to be something that will make this better and if it's not then i've failed right like like the event is more important than the people Mm-hmm. the you know the hot dogs or the tacos or the coffee becomes the object yeah and if we do these things then we're going to have a good time mm-hmm. instead of man if we connected and hearts were mingled and people took a step forward that's success mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and i think memory and and kind of to go full circle in your my relationship it's like you could lose your license and do what and it, it really has nothing to do with about our relationship. Like our relationship is not hinged on that one conversation on should you renew your CDL or not. Right. Our relationship is so is, is so many different things, but we end up tying 
relationship with that one transaction about one object. And we do that to God. We do that with scripture. We do that where we've landed. And so if I, in my head, in my heart, always thought you had a CDL in your pocket and then years went by, I never talked about it, never asked about it. Just, I mm-hmm. assumed that you had a CDL in your pocket. And then I found out, Hey Ruben, you're going to drive this, this, uh, 50 passenger deal with, with students, whatever. And you're like, oh, I don't have a CDL. What if I'm hinging our trust and faith and love and relationship on that, mm-hmm. what does that do to your and my relationship? It, it unravels it all. And then there's no trust, there's no love, mm-hmm. everything I thought was fake, everything I thought was unreal, everything I thought really wasn't happening. And then I end up questioning our entire relationship, mm-hmm. right? And we do that to God, we do that to church people, we do that to people around us, we even do that to scripture because we assume we landed somewhere and we've never ever asked again. We've never questioned mm-hmm. again. And then why And then why did you land there? Is it because that's what the, the Spirit revealed or right. that's what somebody told you that it meant right. or whatever, you know? And so right. you then tie, you got these giants on your shoulders saying, this is what this means. Right. And then you're like, oh man, like if I, if I conclude differently than this individual, then that means our relationship is at stake. Yeah. And, and instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to take scripture for what it, what it says and what it means. And we play in all these nuances of what we've learned and been taught throughout our, throughout our lives. And it, it gets really messy really quick. But I think the one thing that you can hinge everything on is the death, burial, and resurrection of a, the man, Jesus, who came and lived the perfect life. Cause even Paul would say, and I, I forget the exact uh, book chapter verse, but he says that Outside of that, he goes, if this didn't take place, we are to be the most pitied people on earth. Corinthians. Because that's where it hinges. And so well, then- it's all rubbish. It's all crap. It's all garbage. Yeah. Everything outside of knowing him is mm-hmm. crap. But why do we want to add complexity to it? Because I think that's what it is. Like we would say, what does it take to have a good family? What does it take to have be a good dad? And a lot of us would have advice and we probably have different advice. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if there's the right answer other than love and relationship, knowing someone. So I don't need you. I don't need to take you up to the Rockies and hike to have a, be a good dad. Mm-hmm. I don't need to give you a bike and teach you how to ride a bike to be a good dad. Those are all elements of it. But knowing and love, man, that that's powerful stuff right there. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I, yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to exhaust this idea, but our memory and how we make decisions based on our memory is so faulty and flawed that we end up getting really upset and frustrated when someone brings another idea into something we thought we had settled and we really understood it imperfectly at the time yeah because our memory's flawed cuz you don't want anyone to mess with that that experience just like you don't want yeah. anyone to mess with pizza and macgyver <laughs> yeah you know, you, you won't even let yourself mess with it because you're like, right. mm, this is how I remember it. And if I try to reproduce that, it's going to, it's going to kind of mess it up. It's going to kind of wreck it for me. And I couldn't even tell you one episode all the way through how it went. All no. I know is there's elements that pop out in my head mm-hmm. overall from the experience. Yeah. And I think we, same with three stooges. We me. need to give ourselves, but we also need to give other, other people a break um, and a pass on some of this stuff. So when we're discussing theology or discussing memory or a CDL, <laughs> it's the knowing and love that's more important than the 
than the actual thing. Yeah, because whether I kept my CDL or didn't, it doesn't affect. Now it will affect whether I can drive a a large vehicle or yeah, not but it doesn't reflect. It, it doesn't affect who you are, right. in Relationship and love, it nor affect that at all, right? Nor our relationship. And are you a better person or not because of that? Unless <laughs> you know our relationship hinges on me being able to drive a bus, right? Right. So when I go onto a public transportation, I want to make sure that dude actually knows that. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, I don't care. Well, and then then right, and then that's where relationships become very transactional. And even like the divisions that we see in even cross denominations mm. is like, well, my our relationship, here's where this is quiet part out loud. If you can tell if your relationship is dependent upon someone agreeing with you and following the same line of thinking, because the moment that they step outside of that line of thinking you find yourself pulling away or pushing that person away because you're like, divide. oh, we, yep, we're, di we're divided. The very thing that and Jesus like, didn't want us to do, we're so good at doing. Yeah, because, because then versus saying, I care about this individual as a person and their soul, and do I want that to point them toward truth? Absolutely. And, but if I only care about that person to the degree in which they agree with me, mm. our relationships are very, very shallow. And I right. think we have a lot of those relationships if we're, yeah. if we step back and look and the, at And it. the truth is, you know, people do want to make sure in their own heads that they're in the right place. Yeah. And so people that choose to go to a church or not to a church or people that choose to, you know, a, a vocation or a job or, I mean, they, they actually want some confidence that they made the right choice. Yeah. And not giving any room for nuance and change. Um, and so as soon as a church turns off the AC, people run away. As soon as the carpet color is into question, <laughs> people run away. As soon as the pastor changes or the music changes or a program changes, I mean, people are like, well, that's not what I signed up for. And so it's not the, mm. it's not the, progress of people and knowing and love and relationship it's actually that transaction what can you what can you give me what what are, what is what what is something that we agree that you're going to give me when i come here huh and so then our then our that's how it all work and unfortunately our friendships and our relationships with with each other and our families is all transactional it's all that what can i get out of you and how do you how are you going to fall into line with what i think you should do so do you, do you take my advice or not we can be friends, <laughs> you know, hmm. um, did you do what I wanted you to do or not? We can be friends. Um, and God never treats us that way. He never treated anybody that way. And I think that's why it's so difficult for us to wrap our minds around grace and our wrap our minds around what Jesus actually did and what he, um, his line is a lot further out than ours is, hmm. you know, we like to draw lines in the sand of how we're going to relate to people and God's line is way out there. And it will, and we can, we'll have to address i think we should address the the issue of uh, of identity in a future mm. episode because that's where where i think a lot of this stems from mm. and when we don't understand our identity in christ it opens us up to all kinds of pursuits outside of that identity because we're trying to grab at something that's already been mm. given to us mm. and settled um, and and one of one of Jesus's last teachings was, I want them to be one, 
as we are one. And I've always wondered as a kid, because as a kid I heard, well, everyone else is wrong, we're right, and as long as we're one in this little bubble, then we're doing what Jesus wants. Yeah. And then you step out of the bubble and you meet people that love Jesus. They just think a little differently than we do. And then you find other people that are even in a different bubble that love Jesus, but they think differently than they do. And they all have become enemies, you know, not maybe not fighting enemies. Some do. Yes. But we all become enemies. And instead of saying these 12 disciples were so different and he was praying that they would be one. Yeah, I was watching The Chosen the other day, <laughs> and when he calls Matthew, oh, and Peter's like, uh, what, what, are, you, well, well, what are you doing? What are you doing, Jesus? Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. That and I'm like, fit the mold. Yep. And that that was a uh, transformative, like, um, moment for me. And them sitting to around see the fire, the dude, that one episode of them sitting around the fire arguing. Did you see that? Have you watched that one yet? Uh, is it in season two or one? We finished season one and we're on to season two, but with all I don't the... remember, but it's one take. You, you'll remember it because it's the the camera quality is phenomenal, but the actual quality of the film is not very good because they have one camera, it's dark, and one take, and the camera just keeps going around, never cutting. It's a phenomenal episode. Just artistically, it's phenomenal. But they're sitting around the fire and they're arguing. They're arguing about all sorts of things. And as they're arguing at the end of the episode, Jesus walks up tired and exhausted from doing ministry and serving people all day, and it shuts them up. And their arguing and bickering had nothing to do with knowing and loving and each other or Jesus. And when Jesus walks in and doesn't say a word and goes and lays down because he's exhausted, it's it's a phenomenal moment. So when you get there, mm-hmm. we should talk about it because I think you, you said identity, the way the oneness goes— Um, And people say, well, where's the line of oneness? I mean, how can you agree with someone that thinks different theologically? That's not being one. And actually, Jesus is actually calling us to something far greater. And the far greater that he's calling us to is not a theological point or philosophy. It's actually, can you and I continue to know and love one another, even though we've had completely different memories of things, experiences, and even traditional and practical ways of doing ministry? Can we still love one another. Because I think what we end up doing is, if you don't agree with me, I can't love you. Now, in our families, we live it out different. You know, we'll love our family and give them a pass. But Hmm. people on the outside, we we, we probably won't. So. Hmm. Which there's language around that, too, in in Scripture about, like, the family of God and, Hmm. you know, you um, sonship. and Hmm. Well, we end up saying, well, you're a sheep and you're a goat, so I don't have to like you, you're a goat. (laughs) <laughs> we're not the one that separate that out. That's that's God and his angels that separate that out. We don't. <laughs> you know. All right, man. Well, this has been this has been good. So to conclude, do whatever you want with your CDL. <laughs> <laughs> My memory tells me that you told me to keep it. Okay. Well, no, I don't remember that. So <laughs> and, and I'm gonna I might actively go against what my memory says you told me to do. <laughs> All right. Perfect. <laughs> Who knows? Perfect. My next episode maybe we'll We'll see where what oh, if, we'll completely my, forget and don't even know we yeah, had that conversation. If my license is blue or yellow, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, thanks for the wipes. And um, man, we never even did our intro, so it's kind of funny. Yeah. We, oh, we, we didn't. didn't. We didn't do it. That's okay. We're just gonna leave it. We're just gonna leave it as is. We won't even do a pre one. We're just gonna leave it. 
We'll just because we'll we're do idiots, man. We're not that good at this thing. Episode twenty, you'd think we'd have this together. Yeah, by now. you know, twenty times. But it's good to be back with you, man. I mean, there was we've had so many different interviews and uh -huh. loved loved all of them. Yeah, for sure. But really good just to have the two of us back back on the back on alone. That's that's fun. So yeah, we'll try to do this for a bit with no guests, and then we'll bring some people in or back or whatever as as uh, as it makes sense. So um, anything you're addicted to, I got to come up with something different to say, but anything you're experiencing right now, anything you love right now, anything that you've enjoyed right now outside of stickers. Dude, Survivor started again last Wednesday. Don't tell me anything. I haven't seen it I'm yet. Not, I won't tell you anything, now, but I, I started again. There's people that listen to this podcast. Did you already watch it? The first episode, yeah. yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. So there's people listening to this podcast maybe and they, I saw it online and they totally hated it because just the things they're pushing in the show. So oh, uh, like forty, it's forty seasons, and they're just oh, no longer. You'll, you'll know exactly what they're talking so about. So I was thinking in my head, huh? Can I just put my head down and enjoy it, or do I have to really look at what they're trying to push? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm I enjoy it for different reasons other than yeah. the the political agenda for sure. Yeah, political, um, and it's, I just it's like the competition the, for me. It's the it's the, the human experience, yeah. and even even the things you'll you'll know exactly like from the from the outset, you'll know exactly what What's they're talking being pushed. about. Yep. Yeah, um, and it, it, it's interesting the dynamic because what's being pushed was as a group agreed upon mm. that it wasn't a big deal. Mm. And then one individual later on says something and it shifts. So it was like, Oh, this oh. is really with the direction that we wanted to go, but needed confirmation from at least one individual to go that direction and so since one individual said something, even though collectively as a group, they agreed upon that, interesting? that it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal moving on that they, they made the shift because of one, one, one individual. Yeah. And it was, it was interesting because it was like, this is, it, you could tell like, this is where we really, and as humans, we do the same thing. Like this is where I want to land. And I need to, I need to just find some, one, one, one person to kind of. Yeah. Confirm it in me, bias, and then man. it's like, boom, yeah, that. that well, and it's we also should talk skittish, about that confirmation bias. Well, in the skittish nature of humanity today, which is, mm -hmm. ooh, it's hard for me to like be dogmatic. And I wonder when you talk with Jesus and the way he interacted with everybody so individually, he was different with different people. Hmm. And he was, it's not that he was fake, but he actually could relate to people in different ways. So Survivor, awesome, love it. I mean, I'm going to let a few episodes kind of build up, and then we'll then we'll start. Yeah, because it's it's hard to watch, like wait a week. Times have changed, man. We just <laughs> I know you want to just you want to just binge. Stuff. I, I mean, I don't I don't necessarily need to binge, but I do want a few under the a few there, you know, just in yeah. case I want to. Um, let me see. For me, man, there's a couple things that uh, no TV. I mean, TV. We've kind of run through our run through the gamut of of uh, stuff that we. Uh, have watched uh, Christy and I are watching friends again. Oh and yeah. And talk about a filthy show, dude. I mean, once again, it's showing me that things that we used to watch were filthy. So, and it's not even that filthy compared to things today, but it's still right. pretty surprising, pretty surprising. Yeah. Pretty surprising. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, we're having fun nostalgia and that's actually just the same as it was before. So that's an interesting, that, that was only 20, what, 25 years ago. And so we're experiencing it even almost in the same way as we did back then. So huh. that's a that's a weird 
that's a weird nostalgia back. Oh, that's what we remember. Um, I also here in town, dude. There's a new little cupcake shop called um, Frosted Cupcake uh, Cactus. Frosted Cactus. Have you been oh, yeah. there? No. Oh man. Do they have gluten free stuff? So, yes. So oh, on oh. Fridays and Saturdays they have a gluten free thing. Christy found this out because she went in just to meet him. This girl is a Hispanic, uh, Latina girl. Her and her husband. I think it's her husband. Um, but they have this frosted cactus. I'm telling you what, dude, she, she got me a lemon, um, cupcake, which anything lemon I'm usually, I'm in on. Oh, really? It was a lemon cu- cupcake on Friday. It was the best, absolute best thing I've ever put in my mouth, man, as far as cupcakes. Oh, shoot. And gluten-free, it's hard to find a good gluten-free anything. Right. Especially desserts and stuff. And this cupcake... <laughs> it was so good. So we went back Saturday because I was like, oh, if it's only Friday and Saturdays, I got to go get me another one. Well, then then on Saturday, it was a strawberry cupcake. And I'm not real big on different. I like pretty plain, you know, vanilla or whatever. Right. But I got a strawberry cupcake and I got one with vanilla frosting and one with chocolate frosting. Dude, they were both equally phenomenal, like huh. amazing. So totally, if you're ever, if you're in Yukon... Or in Oklahoma City or anywhere within four hours, drive to Frosted Cactus and get a cupcake. Now, they have regular gluten ones, too, you know. But this gluten-free thing, dude, whoa. Your mom your mom whoa. gave Jordan um, a recipe for gluten-free donuts. Ooh. She did? I think I so. need that recipe. Well, she said, I think, I think it was your mom. She said you made it for you. I've never had a gluten-free donut. Maybe it wasn't made. your mom. Maybe it wasn't your mom. She there has somebody... a family recipe that's donuts mm. but we've not tried them gluten-free i'm gonna do that oh maybe maybe you deep maybe they weren't gluten-free then, because so. she had this like little mold and everything and oh, it no. was that's not my mom then huh no she made them and they were like the the you know apple so cider cinnamon type thing okay yeah that's not my mom they were real good one fine homemade good. donuts I See, don't my mom makes the these homemade cake donuts but when I was a kid, but she hasn't made them since she found out she has celiac. She hasn't, she hasn't mm-hmm. made them. Okay. So I need to take that recipe and make a gluten-free version, gluten-free version, which mm-hmm. would be amazing. So cool, man. Well, this has been interesting. I'm not even sure if it's any good, but it's been interesting. We'll, we'll see by the We had this downloads. deep philosophical conversation, dude, that I don't know if people are ready for. <laughs> I don't feel like it was super deep. Maybe it was. You were we here. Went all, you we were went here. all over the place. Yeah, I was here. I don't know if I experienced it that way, You don't right? remember any of it. <laughs> I don't remember if I experienced it. I have it. gone back and I have listened to some of our episodes, dude, and I'm like, holy crap, Ruben, Ray, you guys said some good stuff. And I don't remember saying it. <laughs> yeah, I've you done the same. Saying? You I, go when back I, when 15 I listen episodes back, like, and you're like, oh, wow, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> Can I write that down? <laughs> That's either pride or I don't know what that is, but but yeah, I don't remember half of the crap we say. Yeah, and then I go back different. and I'm like- well, oh, that's the beauty of the conversation is like you you have it live and then you can well and that's why we started hitting record because right. we were like, Man, what did we had some really good conversations you say? You before? You dude, said that something we did not like record. really good and I can't remember what it was. Because our memories fail us. Because <laughs> we have terrible memories. That's that's good. That's a good way to wrap up the episode. That's good. So all right, man. I'm glad we recorded this. Well, I'm Ray. And I'm Ruben. And this is a podcast called The Rabbit Hole Ramble. Where we say the quiet part out loud. Nice. Bada bing. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. See ya. <laughs>